Welcome to episode five of Life in the Time of Corona, a podcast exploring the many ways to stay healthy and sane in these strange times. I'm Dr. Saul Rosenthal, a developmental and clinical health psychologist. Many of us have suddenly found ourselves struggling with all sorts of new demands. We may be working either at home or out in the riskier world. We also have to suddenly parent children who are at home all day, and we have to oversee their schooling. The clients I work with are reporting all sorts of school experiences. Some have almost full days of online classes, others are emailed a set of assignments. Whatever your child's school is doing, all of us, parents and kids, are suddenly in a strange new world. Our guest today, Stephanie Marcucci, is a mom of three children, two eight-year-olds and a four-year-old. She's also the head of Walnut Park Montessori School, which is part of the Jackson Walnut Park School in Newton, Massachusetts. She previously spent 18 years as a teacher at Walnut Park, including a few of those years as one of my daughter's teachers. Stephanie's two daughters are graduates of Walnut Park and her son currently attends. As a full-time working mother and an educator, I know Stephanie can help us as we're trying to parent and educate our children during this pandemic. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me, Saul. It It's so nice to see you and to talk with you. We've known each other for a long time, although we haven't seen each other in a long time. I feel like I, I've known you my whole life, so it's, it's wonderful to talk with you again. And I, I certainly feel like I've, I've known you my whole parenting life, at least, <laughs> not more than that. So what I'm wondering for all the people I've talked with here is what, what are some of the biggest changes that you're going through, either in your work or your home life? It's, it's a really interesting question because I think that I somehow think I have two heads here. I think both at the same time. I think I have my work head on all day long and I have my parenting head on all day long. And they often seem like they're in conflict um, because they're both demanding of all my time and all my energy and my attention at all times. But a, a huge change is that we're all together like we are on weekends or in the summer, but it's very, very different. I'm busy all day long. My husband, he's a teacher. He's busy all day long. So for our kids, it feels like we're all together as a family and that's wonderful, but it feels very, very different to them. And I think that's, that's a challenge is we're together, but we're not with each other, giving each other all the attention I think we all need at this point. As head of school, I think the challenge is working with parents, working with teachers, working with other fellow administrators about a constantly changing situation that we're trying to stay ahead of, but we really can't stay ahead of it. And we're trying to honor where everyone is and what people's needs are from afar. And that feels really hard. I think, you know, if I have a teacher at school who's having a really hard time and we're in the same building, it can be addressed right away. We can have a lunch meeting, we can meet after school, we can chat in the hallway, and it gets addressed right away. I think here this feels very isolating for people. And if they have a, a concern or a question, it, it sits with them longer until they can kind of get it addressed. And I think that I think for me as a head of school, that's been a real challenge for me is to not be able to deal with issues head on as I normally would when we're in the same building. So there's constantly changing situations, constant challenges. I was wondering, what are some of the things that, that the Walnut Park School is doing to try to meet some of those challenges for your families, but also for yourselves, for the other teachers, for the administration, for the staff? Yeah, you know, I think when this whole thing started, you know, we kind of knew it was coming as administrators. We saw, you know, we knew at some point we we're going to have to close. 
either for, we were hoping for a short length of time. We never really anticipated it being this long, but so we anticipated some closure that we were going to have to kind of take on and support people through. So we had started some planning early on about, you know, giving kids and at Walnut Park, we have kids who are toddlers through six years old. So they're really young, giving them some sort of connection through to the school while we were away, even for a short time. And I think that as we kind of got into our building closure, it became clear this was going to go on for a long time. And so what we really have is our overarching message to parents is we're going to meet you where you are. As, as Montessori teachers, that's what we do with the kids is that we meet them where they are and try to work with them um, to get them to the next step, whatever that is. And so really having us meet parents and families where they are and recognizing that everyone has such different needs. It's, it really is fascinating to talk to each individual family and to hear their individual stories. And really, we, we can't give a, a one-size-fits-all remote learning experience for these kids and these families because everyone's in a vastly different situation. So they're, they're you know, that our teachers are working with families one-on-one to provide a level of education that works for that family. You know, some people need more videos or some people need more Zoom calls or some people need just more email worksheets and things like that. And so our teachers are really adjusting to a family about what each family needs to get through the day. Because as you said, this is, this is now on the parents. You know, we can provide support, but so much of that carrying out of the work is on the parents, especially for parents of young kids. It's really, really hard. It's, it's painful for us as educators, knowing that anything we suggest has to be carried out by the parent on top of them trying to work, on top of them trying to do their laundry and kind of get through the day. It, it's, it's, it's really hard. Right. Because the, the parents, as parents were, were suddenly thrust into not only changing work roles or changing parenting roles, but now we're as you're saying, we're educators, we're doing all of these uh, things to try to support our kids as, as their worlds are changing. And we probably have a somewhat different understanding of what's going on than they do, particularly the younger ones. Yeah. And I think a challenge, an additional challenge is we as adults have such a hard time understanding it. And so we're dealing with our own stressors, right? And our, and our own feelings of fear and frustration and it's hard enough for us to manage it ourselves and then you know we're expected as always of course to be those role models for the kids and they're seeing us as frustrated and agitated and worried and you know distracted all the time and they're looking to us for guidance and it's hard enough for us to manage it ourselves and I think the children I even know if my own children are definitely experiencing heightened senses of worry that they wouldn't be normally feeling or if they were they would they would get a good balance at least from their home life and I think it's their worry doesn't always get honored I think to be quite frank because I think that I'm personally distracted and so sometimes I miss their worry and I'm not able to kind of address it as I normally would. So normally the kids uh, would be in, in school and I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about what role a structured school day has for children, for their development, but also for their family life? Yeah, I think 
all early childhood centers, but certainly Montessori schools thrive on routine and structure because we understand exactly that's what kids need at this stage of development from toddlers up through age six. It's that structure that gives them a sense of belonging. It kind of shapes their worldview. It gives them a sense of security. They know what they can predict. They know what's coming next. And so they're able to settle in a way and do learn and learn because they, they, they understand those limits and they understand those structures. And in early childhood classroom, specifically Montessori, every day is the same. There is no interruption to their day. So they know with somewhat regularity what every day is going to look like. So any concerns they have about what's going to happen or what's going to come next is easily solved because they really, really every day is the same. Kids thrive on that. And I think it allows them to test their freedom a little bit because they know those boundaries are always going to be there, right? It allows them to push a little bit with their learning because they know those boundaries are always going to be there and someone's always going to be there to kind of catch them. So it allows them to challenge themselves in every way, I think, because those those structures and boundaries are so, so, so clear. And I think this whole situation has really disrupted that. And I think, you know, we as a family in my house have tried probably six different schedules, six different routines in the past six weeks, trying to figure out what works. And nothing we do at home is going to replicate that school schedule. And I think that's the challenge. Additional, an additional challenge is that we can put a schedule in place at home, but it's still not the same. And it's because it's, it's different players. You know, they, my kids have said to me, well, that's not how my teacher tells me. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well, you know, well, I'm not your teacher, right? I'm your mom. And I think that routine of school, no matter how much you try to replicate it at home, you can't. It, you really can't. And I think there has to be some letting go of that and not trying to replicate the exact school schedule because I think the dynamics are so different. So I think for our family, the evolving schedule works kind of in where we're at each day, where we're at each week. You know, my kids are eight years old and as Montessori graduates, they're extremely independent and extremely opinionated and extremely outspoken about things they feel must happen for their day. And, you know, as parents, we try to honor that as much as we can and to, to follow their lead on what, what they think they need in order to be successful. Really, we go week by week. You know, what do we need to be successful this week? And what does success look like? You know, what does the success mean this week? And having them have some ownership over that. So I think as opposed to the school schedule, what really is dictated by the educators, you kind of giving them those parameters, I think, at home, for us at least, to give our kids some ownership on that schedule and say something, we have to have a schedule, something, ha we have to do something. And letting them have some input on that has worked for us, even though it's an ever-evolving schedule. Yeah, I'm certainly finding here uh, at, at, my, at my house, but also with the parents that I'm talking with, there's this sort of inherent conflict between this ever-changing situation we're living in, and there's a new stressor every day, on the one hand, with wanting to maintain that sameness for the kids. I, I think with, with many of the parents I'm working with, and I'm, I, I know with myself as well, trying to maintain that sameness is this kind of combination of 
wanting to do what's be what's best for our kids, but also a response to my own anxiety about what's going on around. So there's there's that conflict. And I think your your idea of this of having an evolving schedule where we are continuously trying to determine what makes the most sense and what the goals are and how things are working makes makes a lot of sense. What advice might you have for the parents at home to try to work into this evolving schedule idea to try to maintain their sense of what's going on with the kids? You know, I think as educators of young kids, again, as Montessori educators of young kids, because that's all I know is Montessori with young children, is really giving kids a sense of ownership and really giving children an opportunity to have a voice. And that's something that I think Montessori Classrooms and Walnut Park does really, really well, is give kids a voice and allow children to have their voice heard. At the end of the day, the, the structure of the day and the environment will either agree or disagree with that voice, but they're given the opportunity to share it. And I think that if I weren't a Montessori educator, I would not even begin to think that a three, four, and five-year-old could have an opinion on what the day should look like. I really wouldn't. I would think, what do they know? I'm the adult. They're just little. But working with young kids for a long time, I really can see that their perspective is vital in, in order to make something work. And that's true in the classroom, and I think that's true at home. And again, it is up to that adult who does set the basic structure of the day or the basic structure of the household to have the ultimate decision, I guess, but to really give kids an opportunity to have that voice and to decide what things work and what things don't work, right? You never, you never would let it happen with, you know, in terms of playing with sharp objects, right? <laughs> because, you, you know, a child may say, well, I want to play with this knife and how come I can't? So that's something that, of course, would, would be a, a non-negotiable. But things that can be negotiated, that can be kind of solved with conversation and dialogue, I think to give kids an opportunity to do that. So, you know, I've been working with um, some families this during this time, but really all year about, you know, what are those times where something can be negotiable and you can give the kids an opportunity to have a voice? Because when I think children feel ownership and they feel agency, they're more invested in that, right? So giving kids an opportunity to say, hey, let's now that we have more time on our hands, in theory, let's let's sit down and decide together what our lunches are going to be this week. What would you like to have for lunch this week? Or what would you want to have as part of your dinner this week? And give kids an opportunity to share that or to say, I really know that you like your screen time. So what time during the day do you want to have your screen time? You as a parent are still limiting that but you're giving them an opportunity to plan that part of the day. And then, of course, it gives opportunity when the child chooses, you know, first thing in the morning, I want to do my screen time. And then three hours later, they're asking for it again, saying, well, you know, remember we decided and you wanted to have it now. So now let's, th this is the plan that we came up with together. And so I think it gives kids an opportunity to problem solve a little bit, to think ahead a little bit, um, but I think, you know, bare bones of giving kids a chance to have input and giving kids a voice and hearing that voice and giving that voice kind of validity, I think, as young as toddlers, um, gives them an opportunity to, I think, feel a little more secure and, and to feel that 
this situation is less out of their control. Are you finding that it works best maybe in a informal way or maybe they have formal more formalized family meetings or check-ins? What what are you finding that works for people? Yeah, it's funny. I think that, you know, at my house, we tried to come up with a uh, family meeting, <laughs> like a, a, you know, a set time per week or, you know, my kids wanted one every day, of course, but, you know, and that didn't work. You know, there was some pushback on that. Oh, we can't do it every day. We don't want a family meeting or we tried it. It didn't work. And so I think different things will work for different families, which is, you know, kind of a non-answer, but I think it's really seeing what will work. And I think that in my house, a lot of our conversations, though it's not formalized, happen over meals at the dinner table where, you know, we'll bring things up in, in a non-threatening way, I hope, like saying like, wow, my day was really hard. And what was frustrating for me was in kind of filling in the blank and kind of modeling that, you know, reflective way of thinking and reflective dialogue in a way for kids and say, wow, what was, what was hard about your day? And, you know, and maybe they have nothing and that's fine. But I think it, it, and that works for our family, kind of not having a specific day for a meeting, not having to be super formal, but having times where we are all sitting together and doing some reflection and some bringing up of topics that are hard in a way that, you know, invites all people to participate. And so I think for some families, I've, I've heard the weekly family meeting works really, really well. And for kids as young as three and four, they can participate in that. And, you know, I think to set the groundwork of any input is good. You know, we don't shoot down anyone's ideas. So you're going to have the two-year-old that says something that's totally off topic and say, wow, that's a really important point. Thanks for bringing that up and kind of giving everyone a level playing field. In the classrooms, we do that a lot. We bring classroom issues to the group and say, you know, this has been hard in our classroom does anybody have any ideas about ways that we could work on this? And the kids raise their hand and give awesome input. So I think just to provide time for that for kids is really important. Once again, it really is to, to a family what works for them, but just to find time in your day or your week to give kids space to give ideas and share information and problem solve. And you never know, like sometimes a three-year-old has the best ideas for the ways a problem can be solved, but you, you just have to ask them. Obviously, we're all a lot stressed out compared to before the pandemic really changed everything. Do you have any thoughts or any advice for parents to help them find that time, not just physical time, but also sort of the mental space and the flexibility and patience? Yeah, that's actually actually been one of the hardest things for me personally, I think trying as a head of school remotely to be super responsive to parents, to families, and teachers. So, you know, if someone needs a meeting, I jump into a meeting right away. Or if someone needs a phone call, I jump into a phone call right away. Or I get on my email and type out a response because I want to be responsive and I want them to feel that I'm here for them no matter what. And I think that what's been happening in my own house is that my kids have fallen down that list of priorities. And at the end of the day, literally at the end of the day, that's what weighs the heaviest on me is that, you know, okay, I felt good about responding to this parent, or I felt good about the meeting I had with this teacher or the conversation I had with an administrator. But then I think of my kids and feel like, I don't know what they did during the day. I don't know if they were okay today about something they heard. And, you know, really feeling like that's, that's been the hardest thing for me as a parent is to feel like I'm giving my kids the least amount of my attention and the least amount of my brain power. 
And so I think that I have tried somewhat successfully, I think, that if I'm sitting down to lunch with my kids, I put my phone in the other room. And I, that's what I have to do. Because if I'm sitting down to have lunch with them, I want to be there for them. And I've heard them say things like, mom, you're always on your phone or, oh, you're in another meeting. I appreciate them voicing that because I think that if they're voicing it, they must be feeling it that much more, right? If they're finally saying it, they must be really thinking it. So to try my hardest to really put my phone in the other room or if I'm invited to some sort of inane pretend play game, which you know I try to avoid anyway, but if I'm invited into it to put my phone in the other room and and not even not pretend I'm there to take a picture, but to put it away and and to really be present, you know, even if it's for five minutes. But that has been one of my one of my biggest challenges continually is giving my kids that time and space and my husband too and our family that time and space um, to have those conversations. And for me, like a simple thing of putting my phone in the other room turning it on silent has, has been somewhat successful. It's not perfect. And I, I constantly have to work on it. You have, it has to be forced at this point because I, if I, if I try to allow it to happen naturally and organically, it's, it, it won't. And my kids will suffer. Well, we, we suddenly have all of these new roles and conflicts between all of our roles. I think it takes almost a, I think it takes a deliberate effort to shift from one role to another and, trying to balance all of that out. Yeah. And, and that's hard. That's hard for me anyway. You know, even outside of this crisis, I think, you know, I think the nature of my job and the nature of how I feel about my job is that, you know, even if I come home from work and I'm home at 4.30 or 5 every day, um, I'm still thinking about work. And to, to make that transition from work to mom is never easy. It's, it's never easy for me. And I, I know that's true for most parents. And so I think this is that much more almost in our face of being not easy because we're working at home and, and we're parenting at home and we're educating at home. And it's all kind of swirling in front of you, um, where at least prior to this, you at least were in a physically different space. So I could say, OK, now when I'm physically in my house, I am now the mom. But now it's all happening at the same time. So it, those lines are really, really blurred and it's hard. Absolutely. And given that it's so hard i'm about to ask you a really hard question which is <laughs> which is to to, inter, to as best you can sort of pull together those two roles parent head of school try to integrate them a little bit as as you think about what message as both a parent and as a head of school what message would you want to send families that are out there struggling with all of these issues i mean i think that and again it's a message that i need to be telling myself constantly so i'm going to give a message that i need I, I myself need to hear is that there there are things you can just let go and there are things that you just have to not be good at and that's okay and i think you know and the thing i've let go this is going to be somewhat ironic i think is the educating of my own kids their teachers are fabulous and they're in a public school near our house and their teachers, I know how hard they're working and I know the content they're putting out is amazing, but I don't have the brain power and the emotional space to sit with them to try to get their work done. And I think that giving them some independence there is great, but if they don't want to do it, I don't push it. And if they're happy playing their Legos, I know they're getting something out of the Legos. You know, I, I know that when they're playing store that they're doing math. And I know that when they're reading all day, they're, you know, so I think 
you know, there are things that you can't, we can't do it all. It is impossible to do it all. We can't be a full-time parent, a full-time worker, a full-time educator. It is impossible. And so I think to take the pressure off ourselves on something is okay. And, you know, for me, I've obviously got to work, you know, I've got to make money and, and work. So that, of course, has to be a priority. And so are there things I could let go? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's taking the pressure off myself a little bit. I still feel guilty about it, about not doing it, right? But I think that to to say, you know, okay, if you spend the whole day playing outside with your kids, that's okay. If you spend the whole day sitting on the couch, watching, binge watching some Netflix show with your kids, that's okay. Parents, I think, we're always putting pressure on ourselves, right? To do better and to be better and to be that mom who's, you know, posting on Instagram about their, you know, beautifully set up home. And, you know, but I think it's now more than ever is just to really, to really say it's okay just to be with your kids and make sure your kids are feeling okay. And whatever that looks like, you know, any advice or message I have would be just to let some things go and that's okay. You know, this will be over at some point. And if anyone is going to be okay after this, it's going to be the kids. The kids will be okay. You know, they're, they're learning constantly. These kids are learning constantly. And so I think this adult feeling of feeling like I have to do it all is just going to blow up in our face because we can't. Yeah, I definitely think that giving parents permission to be okay with what's going on is some of the best work we can do for them. Yeah. So I like to end these conversations with a few one thing questions. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, sure. Great. So what is what is one thing people should take away from our discussion? I think giving your kids space to talk and giving your kids space to share, whatever that is. You know, if, if it's feelings, if it's emotions, if it's ideas, if it's, you know, predictions for the future. I think just giving your kids some space to do that. I think would help everybody. I think I've learned, like you said, Saul, I, I've learned so much about my own children just this these weeks, just watching them and listening to them in a way that I don't always. And so I think it's hopeful. What is one thing you're doing to take care of yourself? I don't know. No, <laughs> I think, you know, one thing I, I, I've, I always appreciate exercise. I belong to an awesome gym that I you know, during regular times, I wake up at 4.30 in the morning, go to an awesome class at 5, and it's the, sometimes the best part of my day. And so I think finding time to be physically active, even if it's, you know, going for a walk by myself or getting outside and pulling weeds, I think that is hugely restorative for me. Even if it happens first thing in the morning, I think it sets my day off better when I'm able to do that. And, and it feels purposeful, um, which sometimes my work doesn't always feel purposeful. It feels like I'm having these meetings that I'm not sure I helped anybody and I'm not sure anything happened. And, but, you know, doing some, something physical always feels purposeful to me. So that always feels good. Finally, what, what is one thing that you think has now changed forever? Wow. Um, forever. You know, I, you know, I have these hopes that, you know, education will change a little bit and, you know, in allowing, um, more creativity and allowing less emphasis on product and less emphasis on deadlines and grades. I'm hopeful for that. Change forever. You know, I, I don't know. It, it's because I, I'm hopeful that things are changed in the short term. You know, I think there's definitely been, you know, even walking in the street, there's been more friendliness around and people check looking out for each other more. I don't know if that's going to be changed forever. I, I'm hoping that my kids will see that as being 
the norm and looking out for each other forever. I don't know. That's intense. (laughs) I am hopeful about maybe people's view of teachers and seeing how hard these teachers are working. And I have to tell you, I work with these teachers all the time and they're heartbroken, heartbroken, not being able to be with the kids. And it's the level of dedication, which I always knew existed, is is really just astronomical. And it, it really is something that you can't even wrap your mind around, like the level of what these teachers are doing and trying to do for these kids. Stephanie, you've given us some great insights into what our young kids are going through and how we can support them as parents. Listeners, thank you for joining me during Life in the Time of Corona. You can subscribe to this show at iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate the show and leave comments. Find out more at my website, saulrosenthalphd.com, and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Saul Rosenthal. That's Dr. Saul Rosenthal. Stephanie Marcucci is the head of Walnut Park Montessori School, where she has taught for 20 years. She's also mom to eight-year-old twins and a four-year-old. Learn more about the Walnut Park and Jackson Schools at www.jwpschools.org. Stephanie, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much, Saul. This was great. It was great to talk to you again. And thank you, listeners. I look forward to continuing the conversation on life in the time of Corona. Corona.